The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Plank Show. Let's go to work, brother! It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Okay, so let's see. There's some good words in here. This is where I need you, Parker. From the 405, I am freaking deciduous? 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 He's trolling you. That's that's not an applicable word. Oh, so, well, I don't. Maybe he doesn't know that. Deciduous is in reference to trees. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> then he is trolling me right now. Uh, Oklahoma Johnny is. Pugnacious? That's a good one. That's a real good one. Well done, Oklahoma Johnny. Well, our, our point was last hour, what was the term that they that my man used about the play calling? Repulsive. 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 I'm like, y'all need to sit and watch some Big Ten West football to see some repulsive play calling. Uh, I'm like, what's the biggest word you could come up with? I think uh I think maybe we had the uh we had the winner. Oklahoma Johnny, pugnacious, even though even though we tried to make up a word. Uh, all right, oh, these texts are really good. It's most often used in baseball, but have to make it FCC correct. Uh, equine defecation. Boy, that is a good way of making it, <laughs> of making well it, Shark, where we can use it on the air. I'm going to start using that. Steely says something ridiculous. I'm going to go equine defecation. Equine defecation. Uh, Coy has checked in. The Raiders also just fired their offensive coordinator this morning. I really don't know if I should be saying the three words offensive coordinator and fired in the same sentence because that's what some people want done to a certain someone. Yeah, and I'm just wondering. <laughs> I Honest question to the fan base. Is is it okay? Because some people have really taken me to task this week. I sure. understand people are angry. That's fine. Be mad. But is it okay to critique Jeff Levy for the way that he handled the game Saturday, and also not want Jeffy, or also not want Jeff Levy run out of town, or call him bad at his job? Right. Yeah. Because I'm not willing to do either of those things. I'm not willing to advocate for his firing, and I'm not willing to call him bad at his job. I do not believe either of those things have validity. I just, you know, Teddy and I have talked about this a lot. There is there is no longer like a middle ground. There's no longer, and I, I guess the term gray area wouldn't fit here. It's either it's the worst thing that's ever happened or the greatest thing that's ever happened. You either are terrible and you need to be fired or you're going into the Hall of Fame. And it changes every single week. I 
And I despise this way of thinking. I mean, I'm a weirdo. When someone's like, gosh, that guy just got fired. What do you what do you think of it? There's a part of it that's like, can I have a couple minutes to think about this anymore? It's like, no, you can't. You need to tell me if they suck and if they're going to get fired or not. Uh-huh. What is your problem? It's all about hot takes. Right. That's, and that's the influence of social media and guys like Coward. I don't like subscribe to that to me it's kind of like ah, let's, yeah. let's there is a way to where as you said you can be unhappy with the with the way the game played out and then also step back and go man Jeff Lebby's been pretty integral in getting some big time talent to campus and I believe in him did you catch Dabo Sweeney's rant on oh Wednesday night? it was fair and I or think it was Wednesday totally night. think it was totally scripted oh really you think I so? think it was a planted phone call but that's just me I think everything's a work I'm a wrestling fan so oh okay. don't allow, that makes a whole lot of sense don't allow wrestling that to guy. stop you right yes where basically this caller gets after Dabo Sweeney because Clemson's four and four and Dabo goes on this five minute rant in defense of himself right. and his program saying look this is what we've done in my time at Clemson how many other programs have done this and just lays out the facts for the guy. Look, we've won this and this and this, and this is what we've done that nobody else in college football has done. And I think one of the things he said was really poignant and certainly applicable to the situation out here at Oklahoma, which is, and I'm paraphrasing here, these weren't his exact words, but he said, for some of you Clemson fans, the expectation has come to outweigh the appreciation. And I remember listening to Teddy. This was kind of prescient of him because back in the fall of 2021, when Oklahoma was 7-0, 8-0, but really not playing great football at all, uh, Teddy said, man, maybe Oklahoma needs a 7-5, 6-6 type of season just to reset people's expectations and bring them back to planet reality for what is true for the other 90% of college football fans and college football programs. Well, you had 6-7 and last year, (laughs) and it does not seem to have reset (laughs) expectations at all. It's, you know, of all the things – that Thad Turnip Seed said that has resonated with me and I agree with was that the uh, Oklahoma fans hadn't really felt pain, you know, in the <laughs> right yep. in the article that Andy Staples yep, had. That's true. Think what you want about Thad, but when he said that and, and and he was integral in the the stripping it to the studs and you know there were some people whenever he came, it's like yeah, this ain't good enough. Where you're like, we just went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was tough conversations. But I always got a kick out of that because I really, I really thought whenever this team beat Texas and improved, uh, what was that six and zero at the time, I thought, oh man, everyone's just going to be so over the moon. And then two weeks later, it's like, yeah, no, no, I think he should keep his job. What are you guys doing? Calm down right now. It's because, and I'm like this as an NFL fan. I want to sit here and preach to everyone, manage your expectations. But as an NFL fan, I'm like, dude, Antonio Pierce is taking over. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They're going to play Aiden O'Connell. We play the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks. You get two wins, you're in the playoffs. So that's how dumb I am as an NFL fan. But yet I'm telling everyone else to calm down a little bit. You know, it's going to be it's going to be okay. This was a team that went 6-7 and seven last year, and they're 7-1 and one going into a game against Oklahoma State. 
That's how and you know they're in the top are, ten in the that's playoff. That's how you know rankings. things are weird out in Vegas. You got AOC as your starting quarterback. It's so terrible, isn't it? Awful that I look at him as the savior. I look yes, at dude, yes, that is objectively awful. I looked at a dude that was terrible in college, and I'm like, "There's our savior. <laughs> There's the guy." All right, so the Brent Venables press conference yesterday. Keep them coming. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I thought the most intriguing answer of the day, or maybe the term would be the more in-depth answer of the day from Coach Venables, came when Gary Nemig asked him about discipline. And are you are you tired of that same over and over and over of having to talk about penalties and having to talk about you know mistakes D- does it ever worry you are you concerned about where this team is from a discipline perspective yeah again well i think first of all it's not everybody and um you know it's not the whole game and uh but we we did get nosy uh in the first half and uh, uh with our our defensive line in particular and uh, but we were much better uh, in the second half uh, so we improved the discipline there and and again, uh, uh, you know, Kendall Dolby. I don't think his his uh, his 15 yarder is a is a lack of discipline. Other than he didn't maintain his leverage and coverage, uh, gave up the con- uh, conversion. And I literally, he, I don't think he he realized where he was as a guy's. He's trying to wrestle the guy down. He's got his back. You know, he's he's tackling the guy backwards. So he doesn't realize the guy had put a foot out, and he's just trying to get the guy to the ground. So I don't think that was a lack of uh, discipline on his part, but uh, it's always, you know, I don't think you're ever going to have a a, a, a a week where you don't desire more discipline. I don't want to downplay it. I'm the one that brought it up, uh, but you know, but it, and it really was in particular, uh, you know, the discipline in the in the first half, and particularly defensively, uh, do things right, and or the discipline again, you know, offensively to do the things that we're coached to do, you know, systematically, and don't try to make a play, you know. I, I think, you know, what one of the reasons we've been really efficient uh, through the first uh, part of the season going into last week was because we did have discipline to do the little things right from a scheme standpoint and not try to make plays, make the layups, uh, don't force things. And no, you you play the quote unquote long ball when it comes to winning games, uh, and and so don't try to win it the first drive of the game. Uh, you know, again, take what's there and uh, come get coached up and those types of things. So, I, I I think that's a coach's job to always have great uh, awareness there, always correcting, always coaching, always teaching. Uh, I don't think that it's ever going to be perfect, but uh, we certainly, uh, again, some of the things that, um, you know. Uh, again, I go back to defense. You know, guys trying to make plays, and uh, and so sometimes you take away uh, the autonomy to, to to do some of those things with your schemes too. Some schemes you give a, lo- a little bit more latitude, uh, which allows them to be really aggressive. And then sometimes uh, when when they're not doing the things that you need to do there uh, the right way at the right time, uh, you de- you take away that latitude to do that. And so uh, we did some of that last week to improve the discipline. So uh, it's kind of uh, probably vague a little bit. Um, my guys aren't listening to me right now, but they if they heard me uh, talk right now, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about. So 
stadium stairs, things of that nature. I mean, is <laughs> when he talks about things that have happened, I thought that there was uh, – I would love to be able to have like a Tuesday night. Do they have Tuesday night of ales or is it just Monday? I think it's just Monday, isn't it? No, there is, isn't there? No, they have Monday night availabilities with players and they have Tuesday night availabilities with players. I they wonder, got rid of the Monday presser with Levy and Ruth. That's right. I wonder if if we got a little bit more follow-up on that or if someone said, Coach, you mentioned you did some things to work on discipline. Want to tell us what those were? <laughs> but it is – I. So I guess I like pain last night because I did go back and I watched the extended cut. And by the way, I don't know how any of you have time, and I hope you make money off of this, but for those of you who post entire games on the tube of views, thank you. Again, so now some of you that have to put like a commentary in where you're like there with a microphone, I, I don't need any of that. I don't want any of that. But whatever, it's just the game is pretty wild how much is out there. And it's it's cra- I still you I know you solved the riddle of the sideline penalty, right? But it's still I mean, literally, unless the guy comes up to a side judge's face and is like, bleep you, buddy, what the F is your I mean, why are we throwing up and that's not what happened? Why are we having rabbit ears in that situation where an official is throwing a flag? They uh, now, was the Savion Bird maybe a little bit excessive? Uh, yes, yes, yes. That that, that was, was a very blatantly undisciplined play. <laughs> that was that. But for the most part, in what you look back at with some of the the penalties, the eleven penalties, I mean, there's not a lot where you think, well, that's just an undisciplined football team, right? I mentioned the two where I'm like, okay, that's weird. But again, the Savion Bird that was undisciplined. But I don't know, Parker. I just it it was wild to me to look back and think of eleven penalties in that game Saturday, and it seemed as if of those eleven penalties, nine of them came at like the worst possible time for Oklahoma. Undiscipline, you choose. But I don't. I think that answer was fantastic from Coach Venables. They're working on some things, which might frustrate some of you at this point in the season. But here we are. All right, more. That's just to start. Uh, when we come back, we'll get uh, Coach Venable's thoughts on taking more shots. Uh, Parker said this off the top. He absolutely loves Ollie Gordon and isn't afraid to let everyone know about it. Uh, and then a little bit of Lebby conversations next on The Ref. Bleed Crimson. Love great Sooner talk. Join The Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. I think this is a good day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I don't think it's been bad. But that's just me. Um, But I did like this from Sean. He made me laugh. Be honest, you would be defending Joe Dickinson right now if it was 1998 because he's on staff. Did I tell you that was the first – now that you bring that up, Sean, you want to talk about weird memories. That was the first drama that I was ever, like, familiar with or understood because I had just started in radio. I was 20-ish years old, 22, 23, whatever, and – Gosh, I think Sittler had reported that there was issues or something of that nature. And 
you know, I don't know if it was – I can't even remember if it was Captain Huge or not, but he had decided that he was going to take on John Blake, and it it got ugly. <laughs> it got ugly. And there was a Joe – there was the Joe Dickinson alleged, you know, hand-throwing that took place. You're right. I tend to lean. I'll defend to the depth the guys that I see grinding away. Now, if Jeff Lebby was – sitting in the office with his feet kicked up and wasn't grinding away or if I saw him at happy hour, you know, every night, then I'm like, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we need a little bit more of a commitment. But I don't. Of course, I'm not at happy hour every single night either. But I just – I don't feel like there is a lack of want to or desire or fix it. And I also don't think there is a lack of tools, Dylan Gabriel, you know, all the running and wide to make it happen. You're exactly right. It's just, and that's – look, the way – the way I go about it is I just call it like I see it, right? Like, I, I'm i not going to stick up for anybody just because I have a favorable perspective on them. And I'm right. not going to critique anybody just because I don't like them personally. Right. No, I'll call it like I see it. And here's how I see it. Jeff Lebby made some very questionable decisions on Saturday. On the whole, Jeff Lebby's still pretty dang good at his job and does not need to be fired. That is where I stand. I did have to laugh with the um, the text that came in that said, I'll take Jeff Levy in Vegas tomorrow. Me too, brother. <laughs> Me too. It's so bad. We still haven't scored 20 points yet this season, You're Parker. joking. The only time they scored more than 20 points was on a safety that Max Crosby got to give them 21. The offense hasn't been responsible for 20 points in any NFL game this year, that's miserable. Thank Didn't, you. I, it's and, you're, it's and, shocking I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you're not playing, yeah. but I refresh my memory. Because didn't McDaniel's originally take the Colts job? Correct. And then like reneged on it a day later Abs- to be the Raiders head coach. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you almost avoided this whole fiasco. Could have, could have, but no. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I, I'm just so happy right now. I'm just so happy right now. Even though we, we might not have an offensive coordinator, but I'm going to be honest with you, Parker Thune, I don't care. I don't, I don't care that Vegas we, – we don't care. All right, I thought one of the better questions asked of Brent Venables yesterday centered around what we're doing right here today which is talking about the frustrations with the fan base and what's going on offensively. And I have this cue. I had that. Okay. I'm going to make sure I had it skewed up right. I couldn't find my cue. Uh, Barry Trammell, who about five times this week I've tried to refer to as Barry Switzer. Don't know why. But Barry Trammell asked, hey, it's been a rough week for Jeff Levy. And fan base passionate and fired up about it. Do, do you, do you have a conversation? Do you go talk to him? Do you, when you know it's probably rough and his, I, I haven't even searched Jeff on, on Twitter, though I will say I was with him whenever he checked his Twitter feed after the Texas game last year. And let me just say, he doesn't check it. He's like, let me go log on to Twitter. And he turned his head and he just scrolled right up past all the mentions. So I don't think he's checking his mentions regularly. But do you feel like you need to go talk to him? Do you feel like you need to say something? Here is what 
Brent Venable said of that question yesterday. I had that conversation with our team and our staff several times since I've been here uh, prior to playing our first game, however long ago that was. That's, that's Oklahoma. That's a place like Oklahoma. So that comes with it. And just stay inside out. Uh, you know, you're the one in the arena, you being all of us. And uh, again, I just, you have an appreciation uh, for the support. Uh, but that's, uh, it's, there's craziness to all of it, and uh, and I, I love the passion and the energy. And uh, when things don't go well, hey man, they have a right to to be pissed, you know. And now, but you have a right whether or not you listen to it and let it affect you or not too. And so uh, I've told uh, the players and the coaches and uh, the same stuff, man. Just don't live in that world. Uh, it ain't ever going to be good. Uh, and if you if you if you if you if you're if you just taking a peek, uh, certainly after uh, you you can win and take a peek and it ain't good. And so just I don't know, man. I just don't get your value through that, through the applause, through uh, you know, uh, you know, having having a respect for it, an appreciation for it, having an understanding for it. But uh, you know, again, don't value the opinion of people that you never seek advice from. I believe in that. And uh, and I understand that also, you know, uh, you know that goes with your, you know, when you're at a place like Oklahoma on this stage, there's scrutiny that comes with it, uh, with that title, with that with that job, and uh, even the players. You know, I, I hate it. You know, the players there, you know, their body work is always under a microscope. But that's no, that's the way it is in all sports, every level. Uh, and so, uh, I don't have to counsel him uh he's a uh he's a grown man but uh, we're all close and, and i'm constantly trying to nurture mindset too you know because i'm fully aware of everything both the good and the bad and when you're you're doing really well successfully i try to keep everybody focused on the right things that's my you know job you know as a leader uh too let's let's focus on the controllables always and focus on our players and our locker room and again what we got to do to get better pretty good answer Fantastic answer. I just, I kind of got distracted there towards the end, Plank, because I got a DM on Twitter that I couldn't really help but just hang my head at. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Somebody DM'd me and asked, Would Bob Stoops come back to run the <laughs> offense? To run the offense? I don't know, coach, would you? He's probably driving around. He's probably having a day. Might have a tea time. Bob would you Stoops, come back and run the offense, Bob coach? Bob Stoops as offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Interesting. Interesting. I actually had a pretty good – now that you mentioned that, I, I'm not on Twitter and I'm only on my super secret textoso line about once a, once a show, so I apologize when I don't get to things that are important. But, Doug, uh, last night I had retweeted the Brent Venables cut that was on KREF at KREF Sports, which to me, if you're not following at KREF Sports – Tyler does an incredible job. I mean, so well done. So much information. Uh, Doug had hit me up late last night. He said, we love BV, but he has got to get this team to understand this is not East Popcorn State. We start slow, then try to be heroes. Hit them in the damn mouth at the coin toss. 
And I, I listen, friend, I know, Doug, that you're being a little bit facetious, but I think that would just be the most wild thing for me to report on. Oh, my gosh. And on the advice of at Doug246753 on Twitter, Danny Stutzman just swung at Ollie Gordon at the coin toss. This is madness, Toby. Back to you. I mean. Oh, hey, 918 once would Barry Switzer come back and run the offense? I mean, I'm, he might actually, but. Bob Stoops, defensive guy. So you don't want him back running the offense. Uh, Here's one. I've never seen a head coach in a press conference devote so much attention to social media as Brent did yesterday. Who cares what people are thinking? I just, I think he just Uh, answered the question. Yeah, he just answered. Brent Venables didn't bring up social media of his own volition. All he did was answer the questions that were asked of him. So I I would pose that's, that is someone, no offense, I'm not saying that. If you sat and listened to the whole press conference, and fine, you can call me out and and I'll, and I'll be the first one to to say I'm wrong. But I assume maybe the, the clips that were out there, right, that were clipped and people played, you know, or you saw on TV. I mean, I would love to just sit here and play the whole press conference uninterrupted, but even we can't. You know, we got to chop it up. We got to. We don't edit coach's answer, but you know, just for the sake of time, we're not going to be able to play everything. And I think if you listen to it in its entirety, you realize there's the two mentions. One when Barry Trammell asked him about um, what did we just had uh, talking to Jeff Levy, and number two, whenever uh, John Hoover asked about week to week, it's like, hey, do you? You think that there was a hangover from Texas? I mean, do you think that it carried over a little bit? And Brent had a great answer to that. So I I understand what you're saying, and I can't necessarily say that I I agree, but you answer the questions that are asked. And I feel like it's a I feel like it's something that coaches listen, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but you're a-holes. I mean, you really <laughs> truly are. And you know it. Whenever you're mad about something, you're going to fire off a text at that player or that coach, and you're going to let them know how you feel, and you feel like no repercussions whatsoever. And you're freed because you let them know that they're terrible. Well, on the other end of that is a dude reading it, and you might say to yourself, well, he was terrible, but it still has family people read it. I mean, and it messes with kids. It does. Not so much, I think, coaches or anything, but like, the players or in the coach's kids that might be playing on social media now too. So the point is, I feel like it has to be talked about because it's where everyone takes out their rage. And I forget who said it originally. I forget where to attribute this quote to, but somebody said it and it's a hundred percent true. People have gotten way too comfortable. Saying That's Mike things, Tyson. Yeah. Behind <laughs> the comfort of a keyboard that they would never say to somebody's face. So, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm not saying that it's against your right because you're going to blow them up on a positive way equally whenever it goes well. My point is, yeah, coach has to talk about it now because it is a major, major kind of trendsetter in the minds and the eyes of how these guys think about themselves, unfortunately. By the way, you knew it was coming. Right. Las Vegas Raiders head coach Lincoln Riley? Um. The text line is asking. I'd be, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I wouldn't complain about oh anything boy. right now. That's how low plank is that's sunk, how, folks. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is, man. Yeah, no, right? Isn't that right? No. It's funny. It's just back to that social media thing. I can't believe Coach talked about it so much. Well, um, he was asked, and it's everybody sees it, man. It sucks.
But you sign up for it. You make a lot of money as players. You get a chance to play in front of 80000 100000 make money now off your name, image, and likeness. It's terrible. But I guess it's part of the gig. Um, I got more from Brent Venables. In fact, that John Hoover question I thought was really good. We'll kick off next segment with it right here on The Ref. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. You saw the, uh, the DM about Coach Stoops running the offense and what it's led to. I mean, now someone on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is wanting to know if Bud Wilkinson can come back and run the offense. How would that affect recruiting? That would be a miracle. Yeah, I mean, I understand the frustration. I'm not as freaked out as everyone else. And, Sean, I'm not telling anyone to reset their expectations. I think the expectation at Oklahoma is always to be in the mix and play for a national championship. That's of course. the expectation. Of course. No one is questioning that at but, all. I will say what Dabo Sweeney said. Again, I'll go back to it on Monday night. Don't get to the point where the expectation outweighs the appreciation. I just noticed that the Raiders not only fired Josh McDaniels, they also fired Dave Ziegler, but I didn't realize they fired the offensive coordinator too. They fired Mick Lombardi. Oh, so that means Mike Lombardi is going to have a fire podcast about what's wrong in Vegas and tell everyone how badly – Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and now Jimmy Garoppolo, how they all just were conspiring against his boy, Mick. This was, what, year two for two. McDaniels? Two. That Perry wow. was telling me it's about the same amount of time he lasted in Denver. That is, oh, mm, no, I think Wasn't he, it a season and a half? It was year three. Oh, okay. okay. No, 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 no. It was the end of year two. It was the so end he of got year. a he little bit more He lasted two time. full seasons, got fired at the end of year two. And he started off 6-0. and 6-0. Oh, and oh. That first year with Denver. I'll never forget. I don't know how, why this stays ingrained in my memory, but he went and he beat Bill Belichick, and there was like the – that was Belichick's awkwardness, and whenever Josh McDaniels was done, man, he went walking over to the fans. He's pumping his fist. They're all going crazy. And as a Raider fan, I'm like, oh, this is not good for us. Well – Little did I know, I was right. It's not good for us. That was almost 15 years ago, my goodness. You know, it's just, yeah, it's funny because there is that college football tie, the belief in the Patriot way, right? You go get one of these assistants or these GMs under the Patriot umbrella, and it's just going to, you're going to win. It just hasn't happened on the coaching side of things. I guess guess you would say Mike Vrabel would be considered the success story of of the Belichick coaching tree. Where names like Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Josh McDaniels have been adjunct failures. But yeah, usually with personnel guys, it's worked out okay. Okay. Apparently not with my man Dave Ziegler. Hey, is it too early to send them a tweet and say, listen, guys, I know you both are XLs. There's a lot of Raiders gear you're not going to need. So you're looking for someone to take it off your hands too soon? Or do you think I send that message uh, to Josh McDaniels? Oh, so you're not you're not jumping on this you're not jumping off this bandwagon. Oh God, no, we're better now. Okay, hello, we're silver go- and black. Till we're you going die, to the huh? playoffs, baby. Get Jimmy Garoppolo out of there. See, I- this, the reason I ask is because there are many, including Tyler McComas. Tyler McComas has said if his Dallas Cowboys were to hire Lincoln Riley as their right. head coach, oh, he we- would be done rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. But 
There's no scenario in which you would hop off the Raider bandwagon. No, no. Okay. You kidding me? Then at least I would know someone that I could call and be like, hey, coach, don't know if you remember me or not. I was the guy that told people to quit being mean to you. Anyway, about those Raider sideline passes. Yeah, I have no shame. All right, a little bit more here with Brent Venables. Now, I had mentioned this last segment. I thought one of the better questions of Coach V on this glorious Wednesday with Parker Thune and for Josh Elmer. Um, he was asked about, hey, do you believe in the in like a hangover, in a Texas hangover? And I thought the answer was really good. I take I take every week. Yeah, I take every week as its own. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't look at it like that. I just look at what we need to do better. Uh, what we did well. Uh, what we need to do well this week. Um, you know, that's that's how I look at it. And uh, when we win, we celebrate. You know. Maybe they don't get as many clicks or likes or whatever uh, as it does when you you play uh, Texas, but uh, you know we put a lot of work into uh, a course of a week and certainly in going into the season. And uh, so when you have some some success, you want to celebrate it, and uh, and then you want to move on. You know, and that's what a a good mature team can do. Uh, again, I really believe. Again, you're. Uh, uh, a couple of conversions away, um, one player away from stopping a sprint draw, and you get a three or four score win against uh, UCF. It didn't happen, uh, but I, that's my perspective. It's not, oh, well, we took them for granted. Well, what happened the first four drives on defense with one of the best offenses in college football? Was there not a Texas hangover those first four drives? I'm just asking. like, And I really, that's how I look at it. And then, all right, what happened? Well, it was one guy. All right, then they go down and they we get them on the goal line and we knock their ass back for you know three straight plays. Did we? Did we? Weren't we still celebrating Texas win those first three plays? And then we stop on the last one. But what happened? We had a personal foul. A guy celebrating a little excessively. So I don't know. I don't. It doesn't. I don't. I don't make it like that. I don't. I don't look at it that way. Um, at least not with this team. I. That's not what I see. And I see. Uh, each game it presents its own issues and problems, and, and you try to uh, correct them and, and uh, learn from it and, and move on to the next one. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I, I might be, and uh, but that's how I've always approached. Uh, you know, like the old people say, "Well, you can't beat the same team," you know, twice in a season. That's baloney. That's that's not. What is that? Now, maybe outside a locker room, that's the belief, but that's not how people inside of a locker room thinks like. We don't think like that. And um, so I just, I'm just not going to go with, if I believe it's true, I'll say it. But you ask me, and I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, you know, again, just because of the examples I gave you. You know, and, uh, but when you, when you lack attention to detail at times, uh, when you when you lack the discipline that it takes at times, this game will punish you if the other team has a pulse, you know. And and again, I uh, again, no, I got great respect for Kansas and what they've done. I think their body of work uh, has been has been really good. And uh, you know, we what we we jacked around and didn't do the things that you got to do uh, to win a game, and uh, still had. Uh, opportunities to win the game all the way to the last play, and uh, no, we didn't. You learned a tough lesson, um, and 
but I don't I don't look at it having anything to do with uh, Texas. I know that's a popular thing. I'm sure uh, because of um, all the attention that um, you know that game had, and but uh, uh, we've moved on from from that game. Fair question, right? I mean, this becomes this becomes the a popular theme, Parker. Whenever team really hasn't played in the last two games over three weeks as well consistently as they did against Texas. Yeah, obviously it was a question that needed to be asked, was going to be asked inevitably, and that Brent Venables was going to have to answer. And I think that's that's the answer that you would expect to have a head coach to give, right? Oh uh, yeah. Now. My question is, and I listen, I, I, I'm not doubting Venables. I'm not doubting his sincerity. I'm not doubting the pulse that he has on his football team because he knows that locker room better than anybody. But my question is, why then? Like, how do you make sense of the fact that Oklahoma won their biggest game of the season to stretch this thing to 6-0, and went into the bye week, and then came out of the bye week looking like a completely different team? Right. Is that just coincidence, mm-hmm. or how, how do you quantify that? It's a great question, and that's the tough—that's the tough thing to figure out because you saw a team that you saw a team that beat a their biggest rival, exercise some demons, and it put themselves in a position, Parker, where. I mean, they were talked about as not just maybe a playoff team, like a slam dunk playoff team. And then ever since that moment, whenever Nick Anderson, well, I guess you would say the Hail Mary fell short, yeah. it it's only been that team in like sp- splashes and phases. Or ha- you haven't seen it consistently. You can, how about that one drive where they just ran the ball and dominated? That was great. That was one drive. Of an entire football game. Boy, how about Gavin Sawchuck at the end of UCF? That's right. But that was one drive, right? And it's just defensively, dude running, blowing kisses to you. It's like, what happened? No. I don't know. Everyone is blaming Jeff Levy on the text line, though. So There is blame to be had all the way around. Jeff Levy is not immune from it, <laughs> but neither is anybody else. Okay, well, let me read this one and think about it during the break. Please help me. Why on earth is everyone giving Ted Roof a pass and piling on Lebby? Talking about players out of position and making poor decisions, last two games the defense looked like last year. Why the offense is under fire, I'll never understand. On one hand, people get mad because it's too conservative, but then also complain about too many tricks. Think about that one during the break, Parker. We'll try to answer it next right here on The Ref. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Let's rifle through some of these real quick. I haven't been very good. Uh, Arizona Brooks writes, Can I ask how true were the flu rumors against Kansas? I hadn't heard much, if anything. They were – so the flu was going around – Midweek last week, it was not something that affected anybody by the time the game rolled around Saturday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Sooner Dot, there could be more film out there. Gus Malzahn's a great play caller. Lance Leipold, obviously good coach. Sooners have to continue to get creative on new plays. Parker, can you talk about Hicks, writes the 405. Do you think we will see him this year at running back? 
At this rate? No. no. I, did, I mean, he didn't travel. He didn't travel this past week. Dalen Smothers did. So I would think you sooner see Hollywood Smothers on the field than you do Caleb Hicks, but I don't think the plan is to deploy either of those guys unless you absolutely have to. Mm. Um, mm. Real uh, – okay, let's get to Vinny Pauls first. Oh, I like Vinny Pauls. I, I asked how you quantify the drop-off after the bye yeah. week if it doesn't have to do with an emotional high, peaking too soon, all that. Vinny Paul says, you quantify that by the matchup. Listen to your coworker Teddy. The dynamic changed in 2022. Teams had an answer for the offense. Cover zero, dare you to throw it. And look, I I do listen to my coworker, Teddy. I've heard him say <laughs> yes. those things. Trust me. Uh, I, and I know Teddy knows ball as well as anybody. I just – I'm unwilling to explain it away that simply, that fundamentally, because I, I just don't think it is that simple. I don't think it's as simple as, oh, UCF and Kansas were worse matchups for Oklahoma's program and specifically their defense than any of the six teams that they played over the first half of the season. Now, is that true? Right. Yeah, I think, yes, I think there's truth to that. Is that the sole reason why this team has played so much worse after the bye week than they did before it? No, I don't think so. Nah, me neither. Mean either. Uh, the 785 writes, our OC is not meeting our expectations. KU and UCF had a better game plan slash play calling than us. Since the game was suspect, one-off game can be excused, but repeated poor performances should not be tolerated at OU. Ah, oh, man. From the 405, wondering if y'all could talk about Oklahoma State's weaknesses on defense. They have two really good linebackers. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, I, let, me t- let me tell you something. They've played really well defensively. Nardo's got them playing hard. But I do think, I mean, Cincinnati is just, my goodness, how terrible of an offensive football team. But you should be able to score. But we said the same thing last week against Kansas and the week before against UCF. Statistic, at least that's what I see. What have you seen so far in OSU defensively? Anything really wow you? Nothing's really wowed me. I just the one thing you always have to consider with this Oklahoma State team is that Mike Gundy and his staff just squeeze the best football out of their dudes. Right. Even when it looks like there's just not a ton there to get excited about. Somehow and look, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I wrote that team off after South Alabama. Sure. I didn't see how you couldn't write that team off. But here they are, man. We're legitimately talking about this game having major Big Twelve championship game implications. For both teams. Both teams. Not just Oklahoma, which is wild. Top five stories of the day. Wow, it's already 11 o'clock. Parker is in for Josh on a Wednesday version of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time for the Plank Show. 
with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. All right, here we go. Parker Thunes in for the final hour. You are dressed very, uh, what's the term, dashing? You oh, look thank like, you. You look like you are ready to speak to a room of prospective college students. Wait, not prospective college students, sorry. Prospective professionals in our world, I guess. I typically dress pretty comfortably in November. I was out it's of... typically a... Uh, yeah. Typically a joggers, sweatpants type of vibe on a random Wednesday. But I was, uh, yes, I do have to. I do have to look sharp for Toby's class because, I mean, any chance you get to share the floor with the voice of the Sooners, right? Do you got to take it seriously. Going to do. It. So I guess we have our first little tidbit of Bedlam trash talk, huh? Did you see this? Oh, from Dalton Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting comments. Interesting bulletin board material. But again, they won the last time they talked trash. Whenever Spencer Sanders talked his gas before the 2021 game. uh, What did he say? For whatever reason, I don't recall this. So it was, um, he said, well, when we beat them, they'll still talk about the overall record and the overall series and how we only win titles in other sports, but it won't matter because we'll beat them. So there was something to that nature. I'm sure there's someone that remembers it verbatim. But it was right, unfortunately. Yeah, it, Somewhat tangentially related. Is there anybody Big in college word. football that made a worse business decision this offseason than Spencer Sanders? No, there's not. Okay, here was, a, here was something that was brought up on social media yesterday. I don't know, so I apologize. I think it was one of the Tulsa TV guys. They said if Spencer Sanders would have stayed at Oklahoma State, the Cowboys would be undefeated right now. I, I, I don't know if I agree. I don't think it's far from the truth. It's wild that he transferred to Ole Miss not to play. Like He's not playing. He's not playing. Now, it's a good football team, and he's got a couple sure. of, of, I guess you could say, sets they use him in but not he's not playing wild all right um speaking of business decisions a story we haven't talked about yet is where we kick off the top five stories of the day in hour three parker in for josh top five stories today is always brought to you by newcastle casino here we go with big story number five number five you know what i used to be really good with our our, uh, book here and getting to my sponsors quickly today not so much. Uh, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em. You become a new member at Newcastle Casino at newcastlecasino.com and earn $250 in bonus play. All right, number five. Anything. Anything from the, which we haven't talked about yet, from the release of the playoff rankings that caught your eye, that shocked you last night, Parker Thune. Now, I understand a lot of OU fans were going, well, how on earth is Oklahoma ranked behind Correct. Texas now? Because, obviously, Oklahoma beat Texas, which beat Alabama. But Oklahoma also did what neither of those teams have done, which is lose to Kansas. That's so, right. Uh, it, I understood that. I was actually pleasantly surprised with where Oklahoma was slotted at number nine because I think it shows that they value that Texas win as a true marquee win. They're number 10 in the A people, and in general, playing not unanimously, but in general in years past, you have seen 
the college football playoff committee look less favorably upon Oklahoma as the AP poll did. Not the case this time around. There are eight one-loss teams that are in the mix for a playoff spot. Eight. Now, that number will grow. I don't know if you guys have watched Washington the last few weeks, but they're really trying to lose a football game. Probably. <laughs> well, they got USC coming up, though. I mean, USC has been a get-right game for everybody. That is true. That is true. Uh, who was it? The week? Arizona State. They really tried to lose to Arizona State. And if that tight end from Stanford doesn't drop a play where there's nobody within 30 yards of him, they might have got beat this weekend. But they're still undefeated. Florida State, Michigan, I would say Georgia looks the part. Starting to, Georgia had had its stumbles. But I guess Ohio, Ohio State 1 surprised me, right? That, that Them being number one. It's resume. Apps, right. Yeah. And I guess the Notre Dame win. More right? so than I test, Penn it's State, resume. Penn State, Notre Dame. But I was pleasantly surprised, like you were, of those one-loss teams to see Oklahoma is considered kind of fourth in that list of one-loss teams and – likely have a chance to play Texas again if they can run the table. Now, I didn't get too caught up in it because I want to see Oklahoma play better Mm -hmm. than they have the last two weeks. But it's all right there in front of them, right? I mean, you're going to have some of these matchups that are going to knock teams down. We'll see how far down it knocks it. You can control some of your own destiny by how you play and how you beat teams. You know what really sucks about that loss to Kansas? Go ahead. Despite the obvious fact they – I mean, besides the obvious fact that they lost to Kansas – was the fact that the loss to Kansas deprived us of another several days of mirth at the expense of the fighting mule shoes out in SoCal, which surrendered 49 points to the University of California, Berkeley, this past Saturday. USC, by the way, very, very low in the committee rankings, below UCLA at 20, just above Kansas. But how about the Big 12? Five teams? Kansas at 21, Oklahoma State at 22, and Kansas State at 23? I mean, they, they all deserve it, but I was just taken back a little bit. I liked it. Uh, all right, so we're good there. Oklahoma at number nine. The top four, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Five and six was Washington and Oregon. Then there was Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, and Louisville to round of the top 13. All right, number four. Number four. So I go from the NCAA playoff conversation to the latest in as Connor Stallions turns. Oh, boy. Okay. Just as a general story, are you in on the Michigan story? Are you kind of done with it? You know, Teddy thinks it's much ado about nothing. I can't get enough of it right now, Parker. Not to say I have a feel one way or the other, but I just I can't get enough of it. I'm just kind of tapped out on all of it, okay. to be honest with you. I just I think it's run its course in the news cycle, at least for me. My attention span, as far as the whole Connor <laughs> Stallions discourse, uh, has expired. Okay. Again, just me. It's, it's not something that's going away, no. evidently. So the latest, Central Michigan is investigating photos that show a man resembling Connor Stallions. I mean, we went as far. I don't know if it, I think it was Burrito Bros and he had on Twitter, but we went as far as having someone Parker that had 
had simulated the shape of Connor Stallion's face onto the person on the Central Michigan sidelines, who they they have so Zapruder filmed to this thing that they even found a moment where there was a player that had run out of bounds from Michigan State, and you see Connor Stallions kind of duck his hat a little bit, like, oh, they might see me. Now, obviously, this wasn't a game that was you know, last week or anything, but just seemed kind of odd, kind of odd. And how did someone find this? Who was looking back at the September 1st opener, Parker, to see whether or not they can find Connor Stallions in the background of his shot? I mean, who's really researching this to find that? I have no idea. Athletic director Amy Follin said that the man, uh, that they are investigating it, uh, and in fact, the credential reads VB, and appears to be designated for the visiting bench area, which is different from a general sideline pass. Means you get access in the bench. Let's go. We are in the process of determining the facts around this. What is that even? Who found this is what I want to know. What sicko is watching Central Michigan, Michigan State? And that was my immediate question. Like, how, how deep are you digging? If you're watching footage of Central Michigan games trying to pick out Connor Stallions on the sideline or any have or even have any inclination that he would be on the sidelines. I don't know. Also, it it it's very obvious that that is Connor Stallions, right? Because if that's not Connor Stallions, somebody affiliated with Central Michigan is going to come out pretty immediately and say, "No, that's actually this guy right. that works in this department of the athletic program do you know what the best part of it? i can't i can't find it i don't know why but the cut from jim mcelwain <laughs> have you heard it the sign the sign stealer guy i don't even, i don't know he doesn't even know his name but oh, oh oh i found it i found it. all right here we go this is from his press conference yesterday jim mcelwain listen to this you know before we go any farther um <laughs> We've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. <laughs> I love coaches. Identifying players only by numbers and coming up with sign stealer guy as a name. All right, so that's somehow some sicko was watching Central Michigan, Michigan State, and here we are. All right, number three. Number three. Oh. Cowboys fan, right? Are you a Dallas Cowboys? Fan? No, man. I'm a I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I know. Okay. Um, interesting trade deadline day yesterday. You saw two massive moves. You saw what I who I thought was going to end up being one of the 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 best defensive linemen available this off season in, in free agency end up getting traded to the 49ers and Chase Young. It's like. Wait, they got Chase Young for a third rounder? And then the Bears gave up a second rounder for Montez Sweat? Which it's just like, why, why are, are you, you giving doing, up draft picks right you, now? Why would you do that if you're the Bears? Uh, and then add to it that Joshua Dobbs got traded for the third time. <laughs> I mean, well, I, let me rephrase that. Joshua Dobbs got traded. He's on his third team this season. Started as the Browns backup, traded to be the Arizona Cardinals starter, and now might be Minnesota's starter. It just doesn't make sense to me why Minnesota made that move either. Where's at our- this point, your season's in the uh, your season is in the toilet. Just mm. tank. Mm. Not just good. Tank. Just tank. Just tank. Meanwhile, uh, the Raiders did fire not only Josh McDaniels last night, but also 
uh, his offensive coordinator and the general manager. They fi- their story is coming out now that teams were ghosted by the Raiders on trade deadline day, <laughs> and now we might know why. But I don't think he fired him until later in the afternoon. I think he's like, you didn't make any moves? All right, you both are out of here, which I'm fine with. So I've got the odds, Parker. Tell me who you would bet on. I'll give you the top ten real quick for the next head coach of the Raiders. Okay. Now you've got to go down a little bit deep to find names like Deion Sanders at 50 to 1 and Bill Belichick at 33 to 1. But here's your top five. Okay. Jim Harbaugh, 5 to 1. Ben Johnson, line 7 to 1. Frank Smith, 8 to 1. Dan Quinn, 9 to 1. And Jim Schwartz, 9 to 2. Okay. I think Jim Harbaugh is very understandably the favorite. Right. Because he also was in the running for that job. He was. He and was. And like the. Jo- no, it was the Vikings job that he had if he wanted it. Oh, oh yeah, um, apparently so. But, yeah, he was in the running for that Raiders job at one point. I, I'm sorry. Forgive my ignorance, or maybe I'm just spacing. Frank's, Who is Frank Smith? He's Mike McDaniel's right. Mike McDaniel and his right-hand man in Miami. So okay. he's got that offense that they're running. That's who Frank Smith is. And I the other guy you. is Detroit's offensive coordinator. But I think everyone is kind of starting to know a little bit more about Ben Johnson. I'm not going to lie. I had to double check on Frank Smith. I'm like, Frank Smith? The- yeah. Jim Schwartz, that's a name I haven't heard in a minute. They say what he's doing with the Cleveland Browns defense and then looking back at his tenure in Detroit is leading people to believe that maybe he's not as bad of a head coach. Yeah, he got, he got a raw deal in Detroit. There you go. I wouldn't mind seeing Harbaugh right now. But you know what? I just want someone who can score 20 points in a game. All right. Uh, big story number two. Whoops. Number two. Sorry. Where's big guy. voice guy? There he is. Number two. Now, I apologize to TJ Perry for not having this as big story number one. But, but last... Nelson did face Corey Seager in the 10th and got him to ground out the second. So lefty on lefty matchup here. Seeger flying out to deep left center his first time, and he drives this one deep out into right center field, sailing out of here. Corey Seeger with yet another home run. His third here in the World Series, his sixth this postseason. Texas five, Arizona nothing. It's like it was like a hundred to nothing last night was the final score, and the Rangers are now one win away. Well, I say eleven to seven. Close. 100 to nothing, 11 to 7. Same ballpark. Here's Bruce Bochy afterwards. They're throwing good arms at us, and we just uh, had some guys that had some really nice days. I mean, Marcus and Corey, and of course, Jankowski. Uh, uh, really, a lot of guys did some good things there tonight. So, no, you don't take anything for granted. Trust me. Are you in on the World Series right now? I uh, 2023 was the year plank where I decided to stop caring about baseball. Wow. Oh. Hey, th- seems like it seems like it has paid off at least personally for me because my Dodgers got swept. God, and to terrible. be honest, it didn't even really move the needle with. Do you me know what's sad swept. is I'm a diehard Dodger fan too. And really, same, yeah, same way. It was kind of as soon as they lost that first game, I was like, Yeah, I've seen this. Before. I think the end of the Kershaw era has kind of caused me to <laughs> tap out of all things baseball. Hey, I will say I. I'll give credit last night. I didn't watch a ton of this game. It was Halloween, man. We were trick-or-treating. But I'll give Arizona some credit because when it was 11-1 to in the top of the eighth inning, I was like, <laughs> they have no heart. And they did score six runs in the final two. But regardless, 11-7, to Rangers, one went away from a World Series title. Could be tonight. First ever in franchise history, which leads us to number one.
Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, obviously, number one is the countdown to Bedlam, and we have our first little bit of trash talk that has come courtesy uh, – well, let me re- let me back up a little bit. Gundy and Bosworth had one heck of a back and forth between each other. But here is what Dalton Cooper, Oklahoma State offensive lineman, said about Oklahoma State v. Oklahoma. But I'd also say that uh, all the OU fans that are there, maybe about 95% of them didn't go to college at OU, but 100% of the OSU fans that are in my town, all of them went to OSU. So we have a little, we're a little bit more loyal and true at our fan base here. But you know, they're just a bunch of bandwagoners for sure. You, know, Did, you love to see it. Does he think that's a dunk? <laughs> <laughs> Every all oh, Oklahoma is. State fans or Oklahoma State graduates, loyal and true. He's from Prague. Is it Prague or Prague? It's got to be Prague. It's Prague. Prague we're, in, we're in Oklahoma. I'm going with Prague. I don't know for sure. I'll, I'll tell you what. We hadn't had a little spice from a player's perspective, but, I mean, I don't even think that registers on the player side. <laughs> it's more a shot at y'all, all of us, than it is on the team. I mean, are you guys uh, – are Oklahoma State fans officially not going to sell tickets to us? I saw that charge on the Book of Faces about every time this year. Bob, it's quite the little fan bashing going on there. I was not very – I was not familiar with his trash talk game, Dalton Cooper. <laughs> but he brought it yesterday. All the OSU fans that are from my hometown, none of them graduated from the school. I've never understood if that's, that that's a put down. It, it's not. Like, it's like objectively not. It, it's like when people say, well, OU has a bunch of fans that didn't go to school there. And I'm like, okay. Like, so? so? I mean, but yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> Sorry, Plank. You're not allowed to cheer for the Raiders I, anymore because you don't I, live I in Vegas. I didn't live in Vegas. All right. So there's your top five stories of the day. Uh, when, we, when we come back, let's hit some more of Brent Finnipal's from his press conference yesterday right here on The Ref. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. So you know what I'm doing during commercial breaks, right? What are you doing? I'm getting caught up in all my Josh McDaniels gossip. Oh, boy. What led to this? I'm so happy right now. Can we just get – I don't even I don't even care if we get back there and just go get Carr. Even though he had a really good game on Saturday or Sunday for the uh, Colts. I'd forgotten about a couple of things, and this – this brought it back to life. Uh, to quote my man Vic Tafer of The Athletic, because I'm sure you all came here today for the latest on the firing of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, right? Uh, players grew tired of the epic length meetings and the constant criticism, as well as the new regime's monitoring of social media accounts and daily warnings to not trust the media. Oh, gosh. Ironically, according to Vic Tafer, the two biggest leaks in the building were McDaniels and Ziegler. <laughs> How fun. You all stay off your social media accounts, you hear me? Now I'm going to go leak some stuff to the press real quick. All right, sounds like Lincoln Riley is officially out of the running for this That's job. That's right. I'm so happy right now, man. I'm so freaking happy. Parker, not even going through the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line can bring me down. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I never want to see anyone lose their job. Never do. And this is something I've learned a lot. You know, I was a friend of mine whenever staff got blown out. Uh, he, it was tough, right? He had to bounce around, had to find something. 
So I do have that sympathy for, you know, those that aren't the billion-dollar coaches. But holy smoke, something needed to be done, Parker. Something needed to be done. And look, yeah, nobody needs to feel sorry for Josh McDaniels because being a fired head coach in the NFL, especially a fired head coach with four and a half years left on your deal, (laughs) he's not going to be hurting for money anytime soon. An NFL Players Association survey released in March, 1,300 out of the NFL's 2,200 players participated. McDaniels and his staff were the lowest graded in the league. Gosh, I'm so happy right now. All right. By uh, the way, oh, go on, ahead. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text, yes, line, yes, you want to get to like it here. Further proof that nothing about the regional dialect in Oklahoma, when right. it comes to produce, uh, pronouncing the names of small towns, makes any sense. We don't even have a consensus on how you pronounce Dalton Cooper's hometown. I honestly thought so, it was Prague. I, I so thought it was Prague, Oklahoma, I, and I went with Prague. Prague. Apparently, right. neither of us were correct because the text line has said. Well, some have said Prague. Prague, which is possible. Some have said Prague. Prague. Still others have said Prague. I don't even know how you make that one make sense. <laughs> but, like, there is no consensus on the text line as to how you pronounce Dalton Cooper's hometown. I, I'm i I'm kidding you not. This is not be, me being a smart aleck or anything. I've never understood, and I've worked in the media here since 1997. I grew up in Wood River. I grew up a poor man, but I grew up in Wood River, Illinois. I didn't grow up in Oklahoma, but I've spent double the amount of time living in Oklahoma than I ever did anywhere else. And I've never understood for the life of me that it's a blast when you're like, well, but their fans didn't go to school there. I'm like, so? I mean, who cares? It's, it's still filling an 80 plus thousand seat stadium and it's still driving websites and radio stations and TV stations. I mean, I've never understood that as a blast. So if anyone wants to educate me, I'm all about it because I have no idea. What are you, are you saying? We're not smart. Okay. Trust me. You go on social media. Every fan base has a dumb crew that follows them. So I yeah, don't there are morons everywhere. And you know, I grew up in Nebraska plank. So I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of context for this because do you think 10% of Husker fans across the state of Nebraska attended the University of Nebraska? <laughs> Absolutely not. There's a whole contingent up there that are known as Jaskers. Jaskers? Yes, Jaskers. Because they attended Creighton and cheer for Creighton basketball, but they're still diehard Husker football fans. That's crazy. Everybody in Nebraska is a Nebraska fan. Right. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter whether you went to school there or not. And in Nebraska, there is no other FBS right. program, exactly. obviously. Exactly. So, uh, but it, it's kind of the same deal in Oklahoma, okay. where even if you didn't go to the University of Oklahoma, guess what? Your state pride, the people you grow up around, your circle of influence, you grow up, at, at least in many cases – Watching a ton of Oklahoma football, becoming acquainted with the tradition of OU football, and rooting for the Sooners. Mm. Mm. Uh, the 918. Well, being one of the 5% of OU fans who's an alum, I guess I can no longer be a Cubs fan. I've never lived in Chicago or played for the Cubs. <laughs> uh, softball Steve, this is an actual really good point. He said it's ironic that. 
coaches get fired and they collect millions and end up leaving the franchise a multimillionaire. I mean, that's just life. I mean, that's how it is. Some of the math from the Oklahoma State side has been interesting this week because Gundy said 45% of the state wears orange. No, it doesn't. And then Dalton Cooper goes, 95% of OU fans (laughs) didn't go to OU. Okay, that one's probably closer to true. (laughs) Still not accurate. Uh, I did did like Mark from Enid. 95%. Clearly, he's done his research and has mad math skills. Now, in fairness, I think he was talking more about Prague, 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 Prague. I think he's talking more about that. Um, gosh, this is like a slot machine now. Let me just go back to what I have on the prep page. So I'm not trying to. You try to keep up with what's rolling in now. All right, four zero five six five one three four three nine. Okay, this is from the nine one eight. This is a good question. Okay, have you guys ever thought to think? about these clowns that text in about Fire Levy and all the criticism they seem to shovel out. Could they possibly not really be OU fans? I'm serious. If so, those are the fans that make a university look bad. Shut your mouths. Know your role and shut your mouth. Uh, everyone can have an opinion, man. Don't, we don't have to be shutting people up. There's enough Sooner fans that are mad at Jeff Levy yeah. to where – you don't have to have others jumping on the old troll train. Uh-huh. But I'm sure there's a faction that have. Yeah, but then again, if we come on the radio this week and say, all of you who are dissing Jeff Levy, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Then it just feeds the machine. We, yeah, exactly. You want to see some anger, I'll give you the login and the password to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line if you want it. Yeah, from a 918 listener, I'm about to butcher this one, too, because I have no idea. I grew up in Ulaga. Ulaga? Ulaga. Ulaga. I know that okay. one at least. I grew up in Ulaga and played football at UCO and still root for the Sooners because I'm not a born loser. Ooh. B.A. Fatboy says, which is more embarrassing, having fans from all over the country or only people that attended your third-rate school? I just, I, I, in my life, I, are you calling people stupid? I mean, I get, so do you know what the slam is on the Houston Cougars? You know what nationally people call it? They called it Cougar High. And I never knew, I just, I thought that that was some sort of, my roommate, when I went to college, Robert Harris, Robert Harris, he's like a billionaire in in Houston right now. He was from Houston, and we were Sigma Chi's, and we were roommates for a long time. He's the best man at at my wedding. And he would always call them, here comes Cougar High, Cougar High. And I just thought like it meant because Andre Ware threw the ball around the field back in the day. So I would always call them, Parker, Cougar High, until one, one day someone said, bro, that's like the worst thing you can say about Houston. I was like, what? Cougar High? I'm like, it's a knock? Like, yeah, there's basically saying a high school kid, it's like a high school. I'm like, oh, oh. So in other words, it's not the most challenging place to go. So to me, I I never got that. I thought it was a funny way to talk about their offense. So even if they didn't go there, it's like, I who cares? Cougar High's the blast. Saying that you didn't go there? Oh. How will I ever unco- how will I ever somehow recover from that blast of me being a fan of a place that I didn't attend? Ooh. Jeff from OKC on the text line says, I know some people who have gone to Oklahoma State and are OU fans from birth. OSU just had a better program for their college career. Yeah, I know folks like that too. My my pledge dad, Mike Fritz, was a diehard Sooner fan. He went to Tulsa. Does that make him any less of a Sooner fan? No. 
Or does it mean he's not allowed to root and cheer? No. Guess what college is, folks? It's a business decision, more so than anything else. Um, Michael, the math. It's not so much, guys, that we lost to Kansas this past weekend, but it's the way we lost. If you lose using all your weapons and being aggressive, most would be okay with that. But it seemed like we coached scared, and that is unacceptable at OU. All right, let's get a break. It's 11.35. Did I promise Brent there or the text line? I think we just ride the wave of the text line right now. We'll do it next right here on the Home of Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So what time do you have to uh, speak? Is it like right after the show? Uh, I think Toby's class starts at 1.30. You want to do a couple shots before you go? You want to hit the uh, Logies or anything? Want to have cold beer? I'm really? down with it. Yeah, sure. That'd be hilarious. We just come stumbling. We're going to do this together. Together. Go, you tell him, Parker. Toby's just looking at us disgusted. Yeah, I don't know if shots are my speed. I'd have an iced tea, though. <laughs> Derek writes, OU fans are so fatalistic after a single loss that they had ample opportunities to win. Everything is still in front of them. Move on and win Bedlam, and the entire ship is righted. Um... We got to be somewhat fatalistic, though, Derek. They lost to Kansas, for goodness sakes. Do you think a lot of it is people still haven't, uh, haven't accepted that Kansas is good now? Yeah, there's still a stigma there for a lot of people. Like, l- there is no shame. And I, people are going to hear that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, we're Oklahoma. We're Oklahoma, right. We're Oklahoma. There's no shame in losing to Kansas these days. Right. That is a ranked top 25 opponent. It is a far cry from getting toppled on your home field back in 2017 (laughs) by a 31-point dog in the Iowa State Cyclones. Boy, that is a really good point. On the scale of justifiable losses throughout the 2023 season, I would argue Kansas is second to Texas. You could have justified losing to Texas. You could very easily have justified losing to Texas. You can't quite as well justify losing to Kansas, but it's still pretty dang justifiable it's in the a, grand scheme. It's a different world now. And and I think that's part of it. And that's fine. Joe and Tulsa. The fan base has been on levy all year about the running game getting going. The Kansas play calling wasn't the best and mistakes were made, but we did get the run game going and scored 33. Levy just needs to go back and get more aggressive again. Also, it's DeMarco Murray's job to get the best running backs ready. DeMarco picks which back is on the field. Receivers coach picks which receivers are on the field. Coming from Venables himself. Yeah, I don't think we've argued that, Joe. Now, as Venables said, you know, it might be a situation where he's like, hey, let's see about getting Barnes in here. Yeah. But DeMarco Murray goes through on coach's corner, uh, and we'll be able to play it tomorrow. But he goes in-depth about his process and in, in the decision to put Javante Barnes in there. He goes, listen – Tawi's out. We're wanting to get physical. We're wanting to, you know, probably get some tough yards there. And it just, I felt like it fit Javante's style in that moment. Yeah. Personally, I am never going to outright criticize DeMarco Murray. <laughs> because if you're talking about guys that are qualified to coach their position group, yeah, DeMarco Murray is overqualified exactly. to do everything relating to running backs at the University of Oklahoma. So, am I going to raise some questions at times about how the running back room is being operated sure and I think that's fair like the bizarre rotations through the first few weeks of the season where you got Tawi Walker going for a hundred plus against SMU one week and then 
not getting a carry the next week against Tulsa while fully healthy. Yeah, you know, it's it's okay to have some questions about things of that nature. But on the whole, I I am never one that is going to sit here and go, hmm, at what point do we hold DeMarco Murray accountable? No one is no. above reproach, but DeMarco Murray is pretty dang close. Yep. Absolutely. 712 Sooner on the text line says, Levy's script for the beginning of the Bedlam game, hot off the presses. First down, bubble screen. Second down, handoff to Farouk. Third down, jet sweep to Freeman. Fourth down, punt to the 50. <laughs> hey, you know what? One thing one thing did become very, it's the best way to put it, magnified yesterday. Or, listen to me, Saturday. Man, Tawi's the best back going right now for this team. Tawi, man. It. That dude is tough as nails to bring down. He's fun Hello. to watch. He's fun to watch. Uh, let me. I got one more old one here. If you have a new one you want to hit, uh, this is from Soonerman93. Um, he writes, "I feel that's where most of the hate or wanting to fire Lebby is coming from. A Kansas loss. He's better than most OCs. I feel like our fans need to calm down a bit." And then there, then this is kind of in that same vein. Uh, the 405, I really don't know why people are concerned about the offense. They scored 33 in the cold and wind and rain. They should have been good enough to win the game. But our defense allowed them to score 38, well, 30, 31 with the pick six. That uh, is what should have happened. Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh, Cody. Cody on, on the text line says, so since I grew up poor in Pitcher, Oklahoma, didn't have a chance to go to college, it was the workforce for me. Does that mean I can't be an OU fan? <laughs> yeah, Cody, sorry. You actually – I mean, since Pitcher has been disincorporated, you got uh, nobody to root for now. Can't even root for the Pitcher Gorillas. You are not allowed to be a sports fan. Not again. My apologies. Uh, oh, Patrick, what's the SEC equivalent to losing to Kansas? I, I would say oh, the SEC good. equivalent of losing to Kansas is, hmm, these days? These days, modern like, time. Losing to I, – I hmm. wanted to say Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. But I think Kansas, no, better, Kansas, than Kansas better than Kentucky. <laughs> I do too. Kansas better than Kentucky. I would say right now, today, as we sit here in 2023, losing to Missouri. I yeah, think. go to Missouri and losing. Yeah. Right. That's and by the way, Missouri Georgia is a big game this weekend. Big game this weekend. But I don't, I don't know, man. I am just, I don't think I want to play that game because everyone views Kansas like Vanderbilt and they haven't realized that A, they went to a bowl game last year and B, they're a top 25 team right now. Now, are they in the top 25 because they beat Oklahoma? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. But Ohio Sooner says, I grew up in Ohio, and there are about 20 Mac schools that all root for Ohio State. <laughs> it's actually a good thing to have a program that has reach beyond your quote-unquote loyal and true alumni base. Yeah, I just – I don't – if you want to say that fans are bandwagon, bro, I would challenge your loyal and true fan base to see how things were going after that South Alabama game. I mean, how loyal and true were you after you lost at home to South Alabama? You know, Oklahoma just lost. By the way, <laughs> the pictures of Dalton Cooper wearing an OU jersey on a recruiting visit to Oklahoma are making their way around the Twitterverse right now, which is exceptional. You knew the receipts were coming. Oh, that's just fantastic. That's just fantastic. No, no, I, just so I'm clear, whenever someone's like, hey, Kansas, losing to Kansas is like losing to Vanderbilt – uh, in the eyes, in the perception of people, not in the reality of it. And that's why whenever you're like, it's just like losing to Vanderbilt, you're showing that you're not paying attention to college football. 
Kansas is a good football team. They're a really good football And Len Slypold's done an incredible job. Now, are other teams probably going to be able to take advantage of some of the mistakes they're going to make? Maybe starting as soon as this weekend? Maybe. But for that Saturday, Oklahoma could not. All right, let's get a, anything else there that caught your eye? No, no, no. Okay. We can hit a last break, come back, wrap up. You know what? As a matter of fact, we shall give we shall give the Primrose Funeral Service's final thoughts to you, the people next on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. It's almost like you still get your little dose of Steel Man today, right? Steel That's true, man. I gotta, I gotta figure out how I'm about to go kill an hour. It's very rare that I just have an hour open in the middle of my day. Have you gonna uh, listen to Steely? Listen for to sure. Steel Man, yeah. Are you a coffee shop guy? Is there any no. of the? Co- no, I, I'm not a either. coffee drinker. Never been. Really? One. Yeah. And you're not a drinker, drinker, right? So I'm not like, hey, go get yourself a little nooner. Yep. It's five o'clock correct. somewhere. Huh? Well, that's tough. Shopper? TJ Maxx is always good. Bro, I can kill an hour at TJ Maxx. Hmm. Just Maybe some I'll thoughts. Do that. Walk around Academy. I'm a big Academy Ooh, walker. I haven't, I haven't been around Academy in a minute. It's not bad. They got some good deals going on. I'm angling towards, there's three endorsements I really want. Number one, I need a car endorsement because my car is falling apart. Welcome oh, no. to the show. Number two, uh, and I refuse to pay for anything because that's my daughter's car and I'm a cheapskate. Number two, I really want either an Academy endorsement or like a Dick Sporting Goods because these kids and their sports, Parker, not cheap. No. And then, and no, then third, third food, just ah, anyone. I'm open. So uh, final thoughts every single day brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. Prepaid memorial plans that protect your loved ones from hard financial and emotional decisions at a difficult time. Contact Primrose Funeral Service today at 405-321-6000 or primrosefuneralservice.com. I picked three text messages that caught my eye. The 805 writes, Kansas bought our stolen signs package from Michigan. Do you know if they're shopping the Oklahoma stolen signs package anywhere? Uh, devil's advocate here from the seven uh, from the four hundred two, Nebraska. Since the beginning of the season, fans have been griping and complaining about not utilizing running backs and showing off the run game. The last two games, that has been what Lebby has been trying to showcase. Clearly, our receivers and quarterback have been the primary scorer makers, which is a great way to describe that. Sounds like the way that I would describe it. You know, the scorer makers. Point providers would work there as well. And now everyone wants to gripe and fire Lebby because he's trying out the running game. We need the running backs to get experience, but it's clearly not been working. Yes, some questionable calls at key moments in the game, but – it's also clear fans do not know what's best. How dare you bring that up? This one from the 918. I think a major reason fans are upset is that before the season, all we heard was how the schedule was set up for Oklahoma if they could get past Texas. Well, it's, it's increased in difficulty, to be honest. It really has. No one expected – I don't well, I don't say no one expected, but – you know, that trip to Kansas was never going to be easy, especially if Jalen Daniels was healthy. And even if he wasn't, Jason Bean's a good backup. And this Oklahoma State game looked like cake after week four, but now all of a sudden they might have a Heisman candidate in Ollie Gordon. They so, might have the Heisman front runner in Ollie Gordon right now. I mean, nobody else seems like they want to win it. 
Ollie Gordon sure does. And it was crazy, the stat that you referenced. I was listening to you as I was driving into uh-huh. the station yesterday, and you referenced Caden McFarland's tweet. Right. Where he's like, yeah, Adrian Peterson's best three-game stretch at OU. He rushed for 554. Yeah. Ollie Gordon's got 553 in his last two games. Right. And some people Just got bonkers. mad. Some people got mad. I know I know my buddy Drew England was like, hey, Samaj P. Ryan, two games – I just think the comparison was to give you an idea of just how impressive this three-game stretch has been for us. Yes, it's not the greatest. Right. It's not the greatest two-game stretch known to mankind, but by anyone's standards, it's pretty dang impressive mm. what he's done. Very impressive, and you can really trace back the turnaround for Oklahoma State to the day that Mike Gundy decided, "Hmm, I think we should feed Ollie Gordon the football." Hey, it's worked, and he is—he is without a doubt. The most impressive running back I think Oklahoma will have seen this season. All right, um, Parker, good to hang. Have yeah, fun man. today. Now, are you taking PowerPoint? You got? Uh, are you just shooting from the hip? What I'm have you decided to go with? Pretty much just shooting from the hip. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So uh, Parker is speaking to Toby's class today as an alum. Josh will make his triumphant return to the show tomorrow, but don't go in. I believe Josh is in with Steelman next. That is correct. Uh, yes. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that right? Do I have the countdown clock right? Three hours, two minutes, and 30 uh, – three days, two hours, and 31 minutes to kick off? I think that's right. Sounds accurate. Countdown we'll go with it. We'll wrap with the countdown clock being brought to you by Chick-fil-A, 12th and Alameda, 405-310-3189. Great day. Fun day. Josh McDaniels is out as the head coach of the Raiders. Nothing could be better than that right now. See ya. See ya. For Parker Thune, I'm Chris Plank. Uh, Josh returns tomorrow as we'll be live at Cavens for a Cavens Thursday right here on the home of Sooner fans. Stick around. Steely and Josh are next.